It's Friday the 13th, and you know what that means. Jason Voorhees is on the loose, y'all. <laughs> Jason, that hockey mask-wearing, machete-wielding, unstoppable force of nature is very likely staring in your window right now, waiting for the perfect opportunity to relieve you of your head. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or am I? No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Friday the 13th franchise has left an indelible mark on horror cinema. With over a dozen films, Jason became a cultural icon of terror, slashing his way through camp counselors and terrified audiences alike. The franchise combined the fear of the date with the dread of a relentless killer, making it a staple in the horror genre. But the fear of Friday the 13th is actually way, way older than the mask killer himself. Now, let's flip through the pages of literature. Friday the 13th inspired countless authors to craft tales of suspense, mystery, and the supernatural. It's a day when the ordinary world is said to collide with the unexplainable, and authors like Thomas W. Lawson and Michelle Wan have used it as a backdrop for their eerie stories. Whether it's a cursed artifact or a haunted house, Friday the 13th sets the stage for literary thrills. Moving to the small screen. Friday the 13th has been a muse for TV writers, creating suspenseful and pleasurably frightening episodes. Iconic shows like The Twilight Zone and The X-Files have dived into the mysteries of this ominous date, weaving tales of the bizarre and unexplained. And whether you're going to the movie screen, lost in the pages of a book, or binge watching your favorite TV series, Friday the 13th is there, lurking in the background, ready to deliver some chills and thrills. It's as if the day itself has become a character in the world of horror, haunting our collective imagination. Even in the world of fiction, Friday the 13th remains an irresistible date for all things sinister and mysterious. But that ain't what you're here for, is it? In this episode of Sinister Silhouettes, we're going to explore the history of Friday the 13th, from its roots in ancient superstition to some examples of real-life tragedies that occurred on the day throughout history. So if you're looking for a scare, or if you're just curious about the history of one of our most popular superstitions, then join us for a journey into the darkness on this Friday the 13th. What's up, Shadowy Sleuths? Welcome to Sinister Silhouettes, the podcast where we dive headfirst into the darkest corners of the human psyche. I'm Tasha Pierce, your guide through the twisted tapestry of true crime, unsolved mysteries, and paranormal phenomena. Together, we'll unravel these sinister silhouettes, shining a light on the darkness that can reside within the human soul. Please do me the honor of rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Sinister Silhouettes wherever you're listening. So, why do people believe Friday the 13th is unlucky? Well, it's a tale as old as time, and it's got layers. First off, there's this thing about the number 13. Some folks have been spooked by it for centuries. It's called triskaidekaphobia, a fancy word for the fear of the number 13. For reasons that have transcended time and cultures, the number 12 has emerged as a symbol of completeness throughout history. It appears woven into the fabric of our understanding of the world. There are 12 months in a year, 12 signs of the zodiac, 12 Olympian gods, 12 sons of Odin, 12 arduous labors undertaken by Hercules, and 12 sacred Hindu shrines known as the Jyotirlingas, where Shiva is venerated. 
In Shia Islam, there are 12 esteemed successors of Muhammad, while the tribes of Israel, number 12 as well. Christianity also adheres to this notion with Jesus surrounded by his 12 apostles, though one, the infamous Judas, betrayed him at the Last Supper, thus becoming the 13th guest. This fascination with the number 12 is rooted in the belief that it represents perfection and any deviation from this number is seen as irregular and disruptive. Consequently, branding the number 13 with the ominous stigma of misfortune and bad luck that persists today. As for why Friday plays a significant role in this superstition, historical accounts of Jesus' crucifixion consistently place it on this day, which was the standard day for crucifixions in the Roman era. As even Chaucer noted in the Canterbury Tales, and on a Friday fell all this mischance. The belief that Friday was an unlucky day in America took hold during the late 19th century when all executions were scheduled for Fridays. Thus, the convergence of Friday and the number 13 became a potent symbol of bad luck, combining two distinct superstitions into one. Interestingly, the first reference to Friday the 13th itself didn't surface until 1913, despite the actual occurrence of Friday, October 13th, 1307, when the Knights Templar were disbanded by King Philip of France. This historical coincidence inadvertently contributed to the infamous stigma attached to this particular date. But wait, there's more. The date's ominous reputation also finds roots in Nordic mythology. In one myth, 12 gods gathered for a dinner party, only to have an uninvited 13th guest, Loki. No, not that Loki. Loki, the mischievous trickster, disrupted the gathering by causing the death of Baldur the Beautiful. This event symbolized the introduction of darkness and mourning into the world, further fueling the superstition surrounding Friday the 13th. Since at least 1774, a superstition of 13 at a table has been documented. If 13 people sit at a table, then one of them must die within a year. Y'all plan accordingly for your next dinner party. Notorious crimes and tragedies have happened on this day throughout history, adding to the fear. It's almost like the universe conspires to make it an unlucky day for those who believe in such omens. For those who embrace the macabre, it's a day ripe with stories waiting to be uncovered and shared. Donald Dossie, a behavioral scientist and folklore historian, who founded the Stress Management Center and Phobia Institute in Asheville, North Carolina, defines phobia as an irrational and persistent fear or an excessive avoidance of a particular object, activity, or situation. According to the Institute's website, symptoms of phobia can vary from mild anxiety and a sense of impending doom to full-blown panic attacks. Dossie's research suggests that approximately 17 to 21 million Americans grapple with Periscaba decatriophobia, while an additional 4 to 5 million people in the UK experience it, Leave it to us Yanks to always lead the world in irrational beliefs. But I digress. Here's an example of Americans who had enough of superstitions paralyzing society, and damn it, they were going to do something about it. In 1881, there was a group of men in New York because women were too far too irrational to join this group. Anywho, there was a group of men in New York led by Captain William Fowler, a veteran of the Civil War, so he was an esteemed fellow. 
These patriots decided it was high time to challenge superstitions head on, leading to the establishment of a dinner cabaret club known as the 13 Club. The inaugural gathering took place on January 13, 1881, commencing at 8.13 p.m., and an audacious 13 individuals took their seats in room 13 of their chosen venue. In a show of defiance against superstitions, the guests boldly walked under a ladder as they entered the room and they were strategically seated amidst piles of spilled salt. The antics of the 13 Club quickly gained notoriety, prompting the formation of similar clubs across North America over the ensuing 45 years. These gatherings regularly made headlines in prominent newspapers attracting members of high stature, including five future U.S. presidents ranging from Chester A. Arthur to Theodore Roosevelt. Damn, can we do something like this for Q&I? Ask it for a friend. Anywho, though other imitators briefly emerged, the fervor for such clubs eventually waned, leaving them to fade into obscurity due to dwindling interests. That is so American. When something makes sense, we lose interest in it. Anywho, the impact of these phobias has had a lasting influence on American culture, particularly in the 20th century. Notably, most skyscrapers and hotels across the nation conspicuously avoid designating a 13th floor. Never mind that it's really the 13th floor, it's just labeled number 14. They still refuse to designate a 13th floor. This practice harks back to the early 1900s when it was a prevalent trend among New York City buildings to skip the supposedly unlucky number. Now, it's worth noting that the Empire State Building was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> and they have a designated 13th floor. Additionally, some street addresses conveniently leap from 12 to 14, and certain airports altogether bypass the 13th gate. Intriguingly, the infamous Friday the 13th film series earned its moniker not out of genuine belief in the day's misfortune, but rather as a shrewd marketing ploy to capitalize on this widely recognized date's menacing reputation. So, the pressing question lingers. Is Friday the 13th genuinely an unfortunate day? Despite centuries of entrenched superstitions, the evidence seems to lean towards it being a psychological quirk rather than an actual harbinger of doom. One study from 1993 purportedly uncovers statistical evidence of Friday the 13th's bad luck, but its authors later clarified that the paper was meant for amusement and not to be taken seriously. On the flip side, there have been several other studies, real studies, that have found no discernible correlation between occurrences such as increased accidents or injuries and Friday the 13th. It's also essential to recognize that Friday the 13th doesn't carry the same weight in all cultures. Other societies possess their own superstitions about unlucky days. Greeks and Spanish-speaking countries harbor reservations about Tuesday the 13th while Italians exercise caution on Friday the 17th rather than the 13th. Now, superstitions indeed have a way of transcending borders and taking on unique nuances in various corners of the world. But like I said earlier, there have been some real tragedies that kind of feed into the notion that bad shit happens on Friday the 13th. I mean, technically, the official start of the most recent pandemic in the U.S. might have been on Friday the 13th. Not to mention, a baby was born on July 13, 1821, who grew up to be the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. Hmm. 
Mother Nature has wreaked havoc on us as well. Snowstorms, cyclones, brush fires, and other natural disasters crippled areas in shocking surprise storms. Some, like the snowstorm that occurred in, oh God, I forgot the state. I forgot the state. But it, it happened in October. It was a crippling blizzard in October. And it started on October 13th. So I'll share a couple of more stories that have had an impact on popular culture and international news. The Buckingham Palace Bombing The Buckingham Palace Bombing of 1940 was a significant event during World War II. On Friday, September 13, 1940, as part of the larger air raids known as the Blitz, German bombers targeted London and one of their bombs hit Buckingham Palace the official residence of the British monarch. Now, the bomb struck the northeastern part of the palace and caused considerable damage, destroying the palace chapel and damaging royal apartments. Fortunately, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, were unharmed as they were in a different part of the palace during this attack. Now, this event was especially symbolic because it represented a direct attack on the British monarchy. Despite the destruction, the British people rallied around the royal family and it served as a source of inspiration and resilience during the dark days of the Blitz. While it was definitely a horrible incident, the bombing of Buckingham Palace, along with other significant events during the Blitz, reinforced the determination of the British people to withstand these German air raids and it ultimately played a part in the eventual victory of the Allies in World War II. It remains a historical moment that showcases the courage and fortitude of the British people during a challenging period in their history. Uruguayan Rugby Team Plane Crash, 1972 The Uruguayan Rugby Team Plane Crash of 1972 is a harrowing and tragic story of survival against all odds. On Friday, October 13, 1972, a Fairchild FH-227D aircraft carrying members of the Uruguayan rugby team, their friends and family, crashed into the Andes Mountains in Argentina. The team was en route to Chile for a rugby match when the plane encountered severe weather conditions and ultimately crashed into the mountains. This crash left the survivors stranded in one of the most remote and inhospitable environments on Earth. The survivors faced extreme cold, high altitudes, and a lack of food and proper clothing. So in order to survive, they resorted to eating the bodies of those who had perished in the crash. Their ordeal lasted for an astonishing 72 days. Finally, on December 20th, 1972, after hearing reports on a small radio they'd managed to repair, two of the survivors were able to make contact with a search team. This led to the rescue of the remaining 14 survivors. The story of the Uruguayan rugby team plane crash is not only a tale of survival, it's also a testament to human spirit's resilience and determination. It has also been the subject of books and movies, most notably the film Alive that came out in 1993, which portrayed their incredible journey of survival against all odds. Costa Concordia Shipwreck, 2012. The Costa Concordia shipwreck of 2012 was a maritime disaster that captured global attention. On Friday, January 13, 2012, the Costa Concordia, a large cruise ship operated by Costa Cruises, 
ran aground off the coast of Giglio Island in Italy. The ship, carrying over 4,200 passengers and crew, struck a rock near the island's shoreland and caused a massive gash in the hull. Now, the impact led to a chaotic and terrifying evacuation of the ship. Tragically, 32 people lost their lives in this disaster and many others were injured. The actions of the ship's captain, Francesco Chettino, came under intense scrutiny and it was revealed that he had deviated from the ship's planned route to perform a sail pass salute to the island, bringing the vessel dangerously close to the shore. Then Chettino abandoned the ship prematurely, leaving the passengers and the crew to fend for themselves during the evacuation. The Costa Concordia shipwreck becomes a symbol of the potential dangers associated with the cruise industry and the importance of safety protocols. The salvage operation to refloat and remove the ship from its precarious position took over two years and was a complex engineering feat. The tragedy also raised questions about cruise ship safety and the conduct of their crews. It remains one of the most notable maritime disasters of the 21st century serving as a somber reminder of the risks involved in large-scale maritime travel. The Death of Tupac Shakur The death of Tupac Shakur, a prominent figure in the world of hip-hop and entertainment, is a subject that has sparked numerous discussions and investigation and was a huge moment in pop culture. Tupac Shakur, born on June 16, 1971, was fatally shot on the night of September 7, 1996, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he passed away six days later on September 13, 1996, at the age of 25. Tupac had attended the Mike Tyson vs. Bruce Silverton boxing match at the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas on the evening of September 7, 1996. So after the fight, he and his entourage were involved in a physical altercation with another group in the hotel's lobby. Later that night, while Tupac was riding in a car with Marion Shook Knight, the CEO of Death Row Records, another car pulled up alongside them at a red light. Shots were fired, and both Tupac and Shook Knight were hit. Tupac was struck multiple times and suffered critical injuries. He was rushed to the hospital, where he underwent surgery, but ultimately succumbed to his injuries on September 13th. 1996. The circumstances surrounding Tupac Shakur's murder remain the subject of speculation and numerous conspiracy theories. Despite the recent arrest of Dwayne Keith D. Davis, a member of the Southside Crips street gang, the case has never been officially solved and no one has been convicted of his murder. Tupac's death had a profound impact on the music industry and his fans. His music and legacy continue to influence and inspire generations of artists and fans around the world. Kitty Genovese's Murder, 1964 On the night of March 13, 1964, 28-year-old Kitty Genovese, a young woman, was brutally attacked and murdered outside her apartment building in the New Gardens neighborhood. I'm sorry in the Kew Gardens neighborhood of Queens, New York. The shocking aspect of this case is that it's reported that many witnesses heard or saw at least parts of the attack, but failed to intervene or call for help. The most widely publicized account stated that 38 people in the apartment complex 
either heard or saw portions of the attack over a span of about 30 minutes. However, no one took immediate action to help Kitty or call the police. It was this apparent indifference of the bystanders that led to the coining of the term bystander effect or Genovese syndrome, which describes a phenomenon where individuals are less likely to offer help to a victim when others are present. They start to think that somebody else will do it. Kitty Genovese's uh, attacker Winston Mosley eventually fled the scene after being scared off by the lights of a passing car. He returned a short time later to find Kitty in a stairwell where he continued the assault and ultimately killed her. Mosley was later apprehended and convicted of the murder and he confessed to the crime and was sentenced to prison. The case of Kitty Genovese's murder had a profound impact on public awareness of bystander apathy and the importance of taking action to help those in distress. It also led to changes in the way law enforcement and emergency services handle distress calls and reports of crimes. While the case is tragic, it serves as a stark reminder of the importance of being vigilant and willing to assist others in times of need. The U.S. Stock Market Mini Crash One deal was able to shake the U.S. stock market. In fact, the deal in question was the proposed buyout of United Airlines by a group of investors led by Marvin Davis. The deal, which was valued at around $6.75 billion in 1989 money, had been in the works for some time. Now, investors were highly optimistic about the potential profits from the buyout. They were spending their money before it hit their hands. However, as news emerged that the deal might fall through due to financing difficulties, panic gripped the financial markets. On October 13, 1989, the stock market experienced a sudden and sharp drop in prices, leading to significant losses for investors. While this event is sometimes referred to as a mini crash, it was indeed significant it can't touch, nor was it on the scale of the more famous stock market crashes, like the one in 1987 or the Great Depression crash of 1929. So it was bad, but it could have been much worse. The most that was lost in this case was money. Das Baxter. On August 13th, 1976, a day that fell on a Friday, Daz Baxter, a resident of New York, decided to stay in bed due to his intense fear of Friday the 13th. He believed that by staying in bed, he would be safe from any potential bad luck associated with the date. However, in a very, very cruel twist of fate, an unforeseen and tragic accident occurred that day. The floor of his apartment building unexpectedly collapsed, leading to a devastating accident that took his life. This ironic turn of events highlights the unpredictable nature of life and the fact that sometimes accidents and tragedies can occur despite our best efforts to avoid. The story of Daz Baxter serves as a poignant reminder that superstitions and beliefs, no matter how strong they may be, cannot shield us from the unexpected challenges and dangers that life can present. It's a sobering and tragic example of how fate can sometimes be cruel and unpredictable. 
So today we've explored stories that highlight the mystique and sometimes tragic irony surrounding Friday the 13th. From historical events like the Buckingham Palace bombing on that fateful day in 1940, to the chilling Kitty Genovese murder, and even the tale of Daz Baxter, who believes staying in bed on Friday the 13th would bring him safety only to face unexpected tragedy. But let's remember this. Superstitions, though fascinating, shouldn't dictate our lives. Life is unpredictable, and we can't control every twist and turn. And while Friday the 13th might evoke fear for some, it's essential to focus on the resilience of the human spirit. We overcome. We've seen people overcome the darkest of moments and we've learned from these stories that there is strength when we face our fears. So if you're dealing with a fear of Friday the 13th or any superstition that holds you back, remember that life is about embracing the unknown. It's about facing challenges head on and finding the courage within ourselves to navigate the unexpected. It's easy for me to say, right? Uh, but I am a person who grapples with anxiety and an irrational fear of public and congested places. So I'm in this struggle with you. As we conclude, take heart in the fact that like the survivors in the stories we've explored today, you too and I too have the strength to conquer fears and thrive in the face of adversity. The date on the calendar may be Friday the 13th, but your life is defined by the choices you make and the resilience you show. So, what did you think of today's exploration of Friday the 13th? Send your feedback to SinisterSilhouettesPodcast at gmail.com and thank you for your reviews on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting your podcasts. But y'all, we have hit a wall. So if you haven't done so, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, share the episode to get the word out about the show. Uh, keep those reviews coming because they really help the show to grow. Also, if you're interested in ways to support the show, go over to patreon.com slash Tasha Pierce. Choose a tier, any tier. I will truly appreciate any monetary support that you can give so that I can keep on creating. Before we wrap up this journey into the shadows, remember, the mystery doesn't stop here, fam. If you've got a theory, a question, or just want to share your Friday the 13th story, don't be shy. Reach out to me on our social media pages because this podcast is nothing without you. And hey, if you're enjoying these Sinister Silhouettes as much as I'm enjoying bringing them to you, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. You will not want to miss a single spine-tingling episode. So until next time, shadowy sleuths, keep your flashlight handy and your curiosity alive. This is Tasha signing off saying stay sharp, stay classy, and keep shining a light on those shadows. Be safe out there. Peace. Go. <laughs>